Tigers sideline. It's Tigers Talk with Memphis broadcasting legend Greg Gaston. Hear Greg weekday mornings on Sports 56 Mornings along with Eli Savoy from 7 to 10 right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. On Twitter X at Greg underscore Gaston. Here's Greg with Bryant and Brett. Greg Gaston joins us to talk Tigers every single Thursday. You can hear him every morning on the station, Sports 56 Mornings, with Greg and Eli. Greg, thanks so much for joining us. And the Tigers now losers of back-to-back games, the last one being on the road against Tulane. Tenth is, ranked a week ago when we talked no, to Greg. That's, that's, a, that's a very good point, Brett. What have been? What is your biggest takeaways in these two losses for the Tigers that you come away with and say – they have got to get better in this area if we want to see, if they want to have the year that, that we all talked about in, in non-conference play. Yeah, well, first of all, good afternoon, guys. Always great to be back with you. I mean, the first feeling I have is, wow, that Clemson game seems, seems like it was five months ago, doesn't it? It's amazing. <laughs> Three years ago, in a short, Yeah, in a short period of time, relatively short period of time, Tigers went from uh, top of the world to now struggling and at least they're still in the top 25, if that even matters. Uh, obviously, that's not even a huge factor when it comes to the selection committee. But as far as my biggest take is the struggles defensively, because, again, when Penny took over the reins of this program, all he did was preach defense, and he's had some good defensive teams. But this year, this, this team, for whatever reason, is struggling defensively. I, I don't know because there's a lot of veteran players, so... It's not young guys who are just making that transition from high school, and you wonder if they're if it's just too much to take in from defensive schemes at the collegiate level compared to what they did in high school and at the AAU level. I, I, I don't know if that's the reason, so I'm not going to sit here and say it's too complicated because I don't know, but they are obviously having problem when it comes to communication. They're having problems when it comes to help defense, making the wrong decisions often leaving guys wide open. The perimeter defense has been awful. Mm -hmm. Three-pointers are being made by the dozens by teams, but it seems like they're open threes. They're not even contested threes. So the biggest problem with this team is on the defensive end. Offensively, it has not been a problem. I don't expect it to be a problem. There are a lot of options on offense. The problem is defense. The problem has been defense, and Greg – I've said it all week, and now it's 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 T six to look at the AAC standings, and mm-hmm. at any point in the year to see Memphis at T six, that AP poll means nothing. T six is what matters. Absolutely, I mean it's it's shocking to look at the standings in the conference and go, what what is going on here? We all knew that uh, this year was going to be a transition for six teams coming into the conference, but for Charlotte to be making the noise that they're making. UTSA, while they don't have a great record and they're not high in the standings, they took Memphis to overtime. They took Florida Atlantic to overtime. They just beat Tulane, the team that just beat Memphis. So certainly teams that are capable on any given night, and that's kind of an old adage in sports, right, on any given day, on any given night. But it's true. If you don't come ready, prepared to play, and for whatever the reason is, uh, during games there are lapses. And when those lapses happen, all of a sudden teams are able to rally like they did in that South Florida game from a huge deficit 
or come back from a smaller deficit in the two-lane game to take control. And really, it adds up. It, we, we will focus on the final plays of games and go, wow, wow, they let that guy wide open, or they didn't do this offensively, or they took a bad shot, in our opinion. We'll look at those last plays. But really, if you look at the course of a game, when the Tigers played South Florida, they're up 20, and then they start to throw the ball away, step out of bounds, lackadaisical mistakes. That all adds up. When you should be up by 40, putting your foot on the, on the, the, metal, uh, the pedal to the metal, instead you go the other way, and in just a short period of time, the 20-point lead's down to six, and you have a game. So it's those possessions, even early in the game, that come back to haunt you, whether it's the Tigers or any team. It all adds up. What you do in the first half, what you do in the final minutes of the first half, what you do in the first few minutes of the second half, it's just as important as what you do in the final moments of the game. But this league is still bad, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it's still bad. I, I Look, it's a little bit better than we thought, but it's still a bad league. Sure, teams at home will get behind the fan bases, and they're not like they're huge fan bases as far as basketball is concerned for the most part. Um, it's a smaller crowd at Tulane. Florida Atlantic's a small gym. They haven't played there yet. Sometimes that benefits the home team. But the point is, you can get up, certainly, and they are getting up for Memphis as they are getting up for Florida Atlantic. But we 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 got to be honest here. Uh, in the SEC, you're playing a gauntlet. That's why in the SEC you can survive four, five, six losses. And while it affects you a little bit, it doesn't cripple you, depending on what you did earlier in the non-conference portion of your schedule. Yeah. In the American Conference, as you guys know, even as good as what Memphis was this year non-conference-wise, and certainly it's not Penny Hardaway's fault or that team's fault that these teams have fallen on hard times. Mm-hmm. They played what they put together was a, a tough schedule. And we're not going to back off that because the teams have struggled. They went out there and they won games. But you can't let go of that energy, whatever brought you to all those W's, winning those games, even those close games in the final moments. Whatever it was that you found was a uh, formula for wins, you've sort of lost it now, and you have to find it. And whatever it is, whether these players don't get up for conference games as much as the non-conference games against teams like a South Florida or a Tulsa, which went down to the wire, or UTSA, which went to overtime. I couldn't tell you, but they better, if they haven't learned their lesson yet, they better do it now because if not, they're going to be in deep trouble. Announced attendance last night for UTSA's win over Tulane. Hmm. I don't know if it's the scan count or fannies in the seats, but announced attendance in the box score. One thousand two eighty one. I think that's probably. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Let's say they pad, let's say they padded it three hundred. Uh-huh. They didn't have a snowstorm down there, did they? I don't uh, think so. Not that I know. Of. <laughs> bridges, <laughs> the rare <laughs> bridges and overpasses in San Antonio last night, Greg. Look out! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, look. I mean, it's it's not like it's normally hostile environments. You know, two lanes. It's a tougher look. I thought going into conference play, right, right, but but they had beaten them the last two years. I really thought one of their losses in conference play was going to happen in New Orleans. Yeah, Brian and had that one. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have, but it did. Yeah. Florida Atlantic, they only seat what capacity is what twenty five hundred something like that. But they'll be rabid when Memphis plays Florida Atlantic. The question is, where will Memphis be once they play those 
pivotal games at the end of the regular season against Florida Atlantic. If you lose this weekend in Birmingham on Sunday and the re, you know rekindling this old rivalry, you're, you're like I said, you're in deep trouble. So this is the week I call this. Cal used to call it Camp Cal. Mm-hmm. I'll call it Camp Penny. But this is the week you've got to straighten things out. And, and, and Penny talked about it uh, today at his press conference. Uh, hopefully they have uh, heeded his advice and uh, they've uh, all come together. You know, the chemistry issues, you added Jordan Brown. I don't know how that helps you with chemistry, but they've added another player to throw into the mix. They have to realize that it is it is now or never. They lose this game, they're in a heap of trouble. So we'll see if they respond. Uh, it's going to be very interesting on Monday, Sports Talk Radio, your show, our show, all the shows, what it will be like if they didn't learn their lesson and didn't put it together for UAB. UAB just lost at Charlotte. Charlotte, an improved team. There's no question about it. They've won six straight. But it's not like this is a juggernaut Andy Kennedy coach team. But AK has played against Memphis. He's coached against Memphis. He knows what it takes. They'll be ready to go at Bartow Arena. So will Memphis be ready to go? That's the question. This is all on the Tigers, not on their opponents. Yeah, it's on UAB. And I think UAB's uh, net ranking, it, it, it is. It, it is 150. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, again, you, this is you all could Memphis. win this is Sunday Memphis. and your net drops. Well, it, pro- it probably will. But you better win because the win at least is going to be is going to hurt you a lot, lo- a lot uh, less right. than a win than he lost would. And I think it's unprecedented for Penny, if I'm not mistaken. If they lose, that would be three straight conference losses. Bryant, I don't know if you know this. I don't think he's he's lost three in a row in conference play. I don't think he has. No. I have to go back and so, look now. And, yeah, yeah, so that's, that's why I call this a crossroads. It, it, it is. is a crossroads it, game. It's huge. And, and, and down in Birmingham on Sunday, it, it's the biggest game of the year because it can really uh, – things could really get ugly after that. And, 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 Greg, some of these quotes from from Penny talking about, you know, I gave I gave guys you know, three months off, and now this week we hear, no, I'm really serious. We're going we're to get serious this week. D- do you trust that the practices this week have been that locked in? I, I don't know. Those quotes are wild. Mm-hmm. Some of those quotes, you just scratch your head, going, "What? I don't. I don't understand." What did you think the season was over after non-conference play? <laughs> you certainly couldn't have thought that. I, I don't know. I'm hoping they were. I'm hoping they were, Brett. But I have no idea. I haven't been over to a practice. Uh, like I said, I hope. I hope that they have come together. We, we know Camp they, Cal was serious. Camp Cal was serious. It was really serious. Because you tell I, one of the great stories ever of walking in, and there's a man of the cloth standing there talking to John, <laughs> and, and a few minutes later, John is not talking like he's around a man of the cloth. <laughs> no, he's, no. Cal, as, as Kramer would say on Seinfeld, he would let the expletives fly. Yes. Let's just say. But, um, you know, and, and Penny always says about how all the coaching needed for game preps are done in practice, and when the game happens, he's not going off on the players. He's not doing it. I don't know if he doesn't need to be a little bit more boisterous during games, a little more adamant, a little bit more in the huddle down the stretch. You know, let's get in the faces of these players. Because and if you want to call a timeout, we... scream it out and give the universal signal for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stomp up and down. I'd be running on the court. Of course, they, they team you up. You're not supposed to do that, but I would make sure I want to get my point across to the to the officials. But, yeah, I would make sure that, you know, especially after the South Florida game, wasn't what he talked about, Brian. He was saying that, you know, players during the timeout are squawking yeah. at each other. And, 
Yeah, that's when you take control. Mm-hmm. That's when you go shut the hell up mm-hmm. and listen to what I am saying. So there's a way to nip it in the bud, even if some of these guys are looking out for just themselves. You hope that the come to Jesus practices, which you hope are happening this week, has got these together back they got these players back together as a unit like they were earlier in the year. But if not, you need to take control. It is on you. Is they anybody cat saying uh, you know, I asked that question before the season started. I go, there really needs to be that captain. I don't know if there is one officially. I would think that it would be Quinterly, but I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Is, but is there a loud assistant? Is there one kind of – we've always known, especially in college basketball, when most people for a long time had two assistants. Well, one was kind of the more player-friendly – you could go to them, he could go to you and ask you in a nice way, hey, coach wants you to start working on your uh, uh, baseline jump shot a little more. The other one was a little more demonstrative. Hmm. And when he would go to you, it wouldn't be in a in a kind of a nice manner of you to work on your baseline jump shot. Does he it have a loud... It, 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 mom and dad, for <laughs> lack of a better term. Yeah. There, there, right. It was kind of that image of in, in the days when most had two assistant coaches. Do, do they have a, a coach, an assistant coach that can get into guys? I don't know. Um, Farazi's pretty demonstrative at the practices I've been. Um, Rick is. Rick teaches by by his um, his history, his uh-huh. his experience. His you know, mm-hmm. he, he yeah, he's more he's more like. I'm not saying by any stretch of imagination Rick is this, this old dude. I'm just saying that he it's almost like Grandpa talking to He's you. been around. You, he, he's been around, and you can learn a lot, and he's more of a calming influence. Now, maybe these guys have gotten into it. I've only been to a few practices. Um, uh, and then Andy, Andy, Andy's pretty quiet. Andy's pretty reserved. But, you know, Andy at times could be adamant, but he defers, obviously, to Penny. The buck still stops with Penny. Mm-hmm. So if something's not being done during timeouts, that are that's affecting the team in a game, then that has to be nipped in, nipped in the bud. At practice, you have to get it all done then. And then if it's happening as the game is going on, you call a timeout in a pivotal situation, two and a half minutes to go, tied game, these dudes are squawking at each other, shut the hell no up kidding. and sit down and listen to me. I don't care that it's 2024 and we got to pat these guys on the back and treat them with kid gloves. It is time for a coach to express his, displeasure and to be more boisterous about everything that's going on and penny's coach larry finch could and would do that no question about it i mean go back in the history i'm sure i, I wasn't around for dana but i'm sure tana got oh, he sure animated he sure would uh, you know most 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 coaches do but i would think again in this this day and age coaches are a little mm-hmm. afraid mm-hmm. of acting uh, out of the player the player takes it the wrong way you know, and then all of a sudden, hell breaks loose. And Greg, I think we're in a point of the year for a lot of teams. This is not, this is not just Memphis, and it's not just Arkansas that I saw last night. That a lot of them are openly worried about this season going the wrong way, wrong losses here, probably no real tournament run, maybe no tournament bid. People check out. I'm gone. I've had enough. Oh, no question about it. They check out. I mean, it's. It's unbelievable. I mean, really check happening. out. Pack up and leave. Yeah, no, I I know what you were saying. I mean, absolutely. It's it's almost like uh, you know, in football, 
guys bailing out. Now, usually they'll stay the whole season, but guys will bail out, not playing the bowl game and things of that nature. This is a little different. These players are looking for whatever will come in their future, and they don't think they have it in this particular case. We're talking about Arkansas. Or look at what's happening at UCLA. You can lose it real quick. <laughs> Even it's good coaches, and both Musselman and, and Cronin are good coaches, at least in my opinion, and you lose it, and it's hard to get it back. Memphis is not there. Okay, let's make, make sure we, we, we express that. Memphis is not there, but they're teetering. They're teetering, and that's the problem. You, that's why I keep using that old expression, nip it in the bud. It has to be this week. It's a crossroads game. They have to come out Sunday. They have to win, make a statement. Well, and this might be going back to how Penny carries himself on the sidelines, but probably not. Uh, I saw this earlier today when, when the media met with the team, with Penny. They also met with David Jones, and, and Parth tweeted this out. Uh, David Jones admits Tigers at times have struggled to follow Penny's game plan. Quote, sometimes he'll put uh, a game plan together, and we'll just go out there and do things on our own. And kind of back to what we were talking about earlier, this is a veteran team. These are guys that are in their fourth, fifth, six years playing college basketball this isn't a group of freshmen that are just out there and 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 kind of having trouble picking up systems and and sets and stuff I mean these are guys that should be able to when a coach puts out a a game plan go and run it like the coach drew it up yeah this is a different situation and you you've always heard about those those great players they were great players and they became managers coaches and they weren't successful and why weren't they successful? Well, Ted Williams expected everybody to hit like Ted Williams, for goodness <laughs> sake. Well, there's only one Ted Williams. Yeah. Penny Hardaway was an unbelievable player. But I don't believe that's the situation. When you have David Jones saying, we're not following what mm-hmm. he's telling us to do, that's on the players. Why are you doing that? Why aren't you listening to a game plan? Do you feel that if you follow the game plan of the coach, then you're not going to get your opportunities? I mean, for example, David Jones? No matter what system they ran, he would get his opportunities. He is the he he's a right. He is the first choice out there offensively. What David Jones has to do is start to play defense and stop gambling. He can help the team a lot more if he's playing more man to man or help defense where he's not gambling for a steal. He does get rebounds. Javon Quinterly, same type of deal, right? Offense will come, and a lot of times that offense comes off of good defense and transition. But if you're not listening to your coach, you're not executing the game plan, that's on you. And, and Greg, I do think some of that maybe not listening and maybe the checkout factor also comes with this modern state that we're in of these thrown-together, year-to-year teams. And I was thinking it last night watching Arkansas about the only player that was playing hard on that team late in that game was Joseph Pinion. Well, he's from in-state. The Tigers don't have a lot of guys from Memphis that are going to be here in 20 years and around town go, yeah, I remember when you wouldn't listen to the coach and y'all had a good (laughs) year going and let it get away from you. They're going to be out of town in April. Yeah, that that's true. But then again, we we have seen, and you have seen even longer than me, some of those Memphis kids really pan out, and some of them not pan out. So it's not always. I think we lost Greg. Mm-hmm. The year oh, we, we transferred, we're graduates, we tried it, didn't work. No big deal. We move on. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that's not the attitude. Hopefully, the attitude still is with the modern athlete that while we want. 
our NIL money, and that's fine. That's the that's the way it is, mm-hmm. and I'm fine Deserve. with that. We we want you know we want to get our we want to have nice tapes to showcase for our future in professional sports, whether it be maybe a shot in the NBA in this case, or even in Europe. You know, we have that to showcase. They see the film, they watch this play, they see what we're able to do. But that you still want to win. The ultimate goal is to win, mm, not just to play ever. well. Yeah. Right, not just to put up a big night points wise, is to win the darn games and to go as far as you can in the conference. Excuse me, in the NCAA tournament. Now, I have no, pro- I have not had a problem with the way Penny has assembled his teams. I still think you got to go out and find the best talent. Now, you need to mix it a little bit. He went out, he got a few high school guys, including his son. That you figure Ashton will be here for four years. <laughs> So, I mean, it could end up being, I don't know, is it still five? Who knows what it is now? But but the point the point is that as a coach, you have to go out and get the best talent. But you're going to have to harness that talent. And it's a lot harder challenge when it's guys from all over the place who have had success at different programs coming together rather than a bunch of guys who are young and they're all in the same boat together. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, uh, Penny was right, and, and they're really getting after it at practice this week uh, before they head down to Birmingham on Sunday to, to face UAB. Sounds like it's going to be a good crowd at UAB. I know that lower bowl is already a sellout. Um, still tickets available, but uh, but it does look like uh, you know it should be a, a really good environment. Yeah, bring your hard hats down there. That's Those it, fans yeah. can get. They can get rowdy. Who was it, uh, Brett? Was it was it Pierre Henderson Niles? Yeah, uh, he, yeah had the he, he got his money's there. worth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was down there for that. So yeah, it, it it could be a wild atmosphere again. It's not fifteen thousand people, but they're ready to go. They, yep. In fact, they who knows that they were looking ahead past Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte again is a pretty decent team, but they mm-hmm. may have been looking ahead to Memphis. Memphis has to win, and they have sure to look do. good in winning yeah. on Sunday. Got to Sunday's big. Greg, thank you. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, guys. You got Greg Gaston with us every week, and it's brought to you by Jim's Place in Collierville, Mount Moriah Auto Sales, the law offices of Stephen Leffler, and Neil's Bar and Grill. Well, let me remind you about our 5 o'clock sponsor. They're with us every single afternoon. That's Hewitt and Dunn, Boot and Jean on the historic square in Carville since 1961. Charles Hall, he started working there in his teens, and now with his wife, Laura, they own the place known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team in any season. They've got Western wear, but they've also got a ton of boots, work boots, safety toe, soft toe, rubber boots, boots for every single occasion you can find at Hewitt and Dunn. And from head to toe, they have you covered with every brand imaginable. Ariat, Dan Post, Anderson Bean, whether for men or women, they've got so many different types of clothing options, whether it's jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best duck head collection you'll find. Charles and Laura Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street on the Square in Carville or to their website, HewlettDunn.com. They've also got accessories like hats, sunglasses, boot care products, and every area team snapback or cool hat you can think of, whether it's the Tigers, Mississippi State, UT, Ole Miss, or the Razorbacks, they've got it. And for travel, their bag selection is top-notch. HewlettDunn.com, but please head out to Carville, give them a visit, uh, and say hello at 111 North Center Street on the square in Carville at Hewlett and Dunn. Well, we need to get to a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about what's trending. We are Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. 
Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. back into sports time about 30 minutes left in today's show and brett we talked a lot of tiger basketball uh with greg in our last segment and i brought up uh the quote from david jones this afternoon in the uh, media availability and i was curious um your thoughts of it um for anybody who didn't hear or, or just to remind people uh david jones today during the uh the media availability um i don't know what specifically the question was but his response to whatever the question was um, David Jones admits Tigers at times have struggled to follow Penny's game plan. And his direct quote was, sometimes he'll put a game plan together and we'll just go out there and do things on our own. That's not what you want to hear from a an older, le- really the leader of this team. That's that's not what you want to hear. No, it's not. And the, the, uh, the quotes really over, I, I would say even since the Ole Miss loss. Yeah. And. You know that was that was the second loss, and it rattled off all the wins. Mm-hmm. But it, it, even when it was going well, just some disturbing comments around the the team and the season, and it it really started to crystallize. And the bandage got torn off after last Thursday night at home. Yeah, that's what did it. To, you know, you, you blow a twenty point lead, mm-hmm. and the you know from the old you play a hundred times, which is <laughs> goofball because you don't. Right. But the Tigers don't lose that one, but the one time that they did. But that's right. the time they play. Yeah, that's the one. You don't, you don't the get that, right? And 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 you, you hear that. And look, after seeing Ole Miss last night, I I I, I think I think Chris Beard is maxing out mm-hmm. with that team. Sure. Just me playing pickup basketball, and you get to draft. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many Ole Miss guys I take before some of the Memphis guys. Mm-mm. And had eleven point lead in that game. Yeah, it's been it's been an issue. I, mean, I remember after I think last Friday, I guess when uh, you know following that game and those Moose is about the same old yeah, stiff he always yeah, was. Yeah, but you know, Brad, I remember coming in here Friday morning with with John, and uh, you know he said. I mean, you you heard what Penny said last night. I mean, how worried are you? And I said, I'm not worried at all because I've been seeing this. You've been seeing the miscommunication. You've been seeing the hands in the air and the the you know going to timeouts and guys in each other's face. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's been there all year, and we we tried to hide it for mm-hmm. a, a long time, but it was there. Yeah, I I, I, I wonder how far back it was there. I, I I didn't. The only game I've been to in person all year was Clemson. Yeah, I saw and, it. You know that was just almost almost a magical atmosphere that day. Yeah, that, yeah. that was so much fun. Mm-hmm. It felt it felt like old times. Good crowd. Mm-hmm. Tw- you know, eleven twelve thousand. Yep. I don't. I do know what the scan count was. I don't care what the box score said. Right. I know. Me and Johnny were at the Vanderbilt game. Yeah. Uh-huh. I saw it at the Vanderbilt game. I remember looking to Johnny at one point and saying, "At one point, something happened." 
either DJ was jawing at somebody or yeah. Malcolm was jawing at somebody and the other pulled him back and I said, he didn't like that. Nah, he didn't. Because he turned around and kind of snapped at him. I said, he didn't like that at he all. He didn't like it. And there were a lot of hands in the air that game. That was kind of the first game where it was. That's really when I started seeing uh, it. That, and that was the first game of, ooh, that game shouldn't have been that close. That shouldn't have come down to the Man, final second. historically bad. Uh, yeah, they, they just it shouldn't have come down to that last second. And then now we've kind of rolled that into, well, you know, you you beat Austin P comfortably, but it was yeah. a lot closer. And Tulsa scared me. At and Tulsa not just scary. because Tulsa scares us. And why is that? <laughs> and the thing is, the biggest thing is, y'all know this, the body language is bad. Yeah. When body language is bad, it just tells a deeper story when, like, like Brian said, Throwing your hands up, or you you let lackluster on the defensive end, it just shows bad, and that's that's bad. They need to fix that. John, that's a great take on body language. Did y'all catch this Sunday? And it was a great throw. It, it it was it was not an easy catch, but when the ball went through the wickets for mm. Stephon Diggs, yeah. bad. Did did y'all see Josh Allen's reaction? Yes, he almost almost kind of went hands up. Well, come on, man, you got to catch that. Yep, but he caught himself. He caught himself. Mm. And I thought a bad look. It it looks and feels like he's scared to death of Diggs. It I because mean, I'm Ste- sure he is. Because Stephon Diggs, he does he does a lot. He does too much. And he's a for, very outward player, yeah. he lets you know how he's feeling at all times. And and I, and I always say that about that very demonstrative wide receiver, like when Odell got beat up by the catch net. Yeah. You know, when, yeah. and he's he's slinging stuff, and the ear pads are flying loose. What if the quarterback did that? If the quarterback, you seen what they try to do when um, Tom Brady used to like uh-huh. call people out. They even to, Mahomes a few weeks yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they try to make a narrative like they're they're getting on the on the players, but <laughs> somebody got to hold these players accountable, man. Mm-hmm. If it's not the quarterback, it needs to be somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's I why I asked Greg about is is there. A louder assistant coach. Mm, Again, I'm not talking about anybody belittling anybody. I'm coaching you hard because I love you and I want to win. Yes, yes, yes. But also, uh, last year, y'all made a point about leadership and captain. We had Kendrick. He was Mm -hmm. the obvious leader. This team is lacking a leader. Great point. They're lacking a leader, and it is bad. When Kendrick was the leader and we we had – what's his name? – his name is escape. and we had DeAndre. Mm-hmm. Them are two leaders, two older guys, man. Proving this this team. A lot of the older guys are transfers, man. They haven't really but, been. But then yeah. in the NCAA tournament, even Kendrick came undone. You know, yeah, yeah. Fight on the bench, and that was. Yeah. And once your leader act like that, you see what happens. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it's 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 a tricky situation with this team. I don't know if there is a specific leader on this team you know you you asked greg about leaders on this team and david jones clearly the best player on the team but i don't see him as a leader on the court but a win sunday you can really kind of change the conversation legitimately mm-hmm. win, win sunday by one then you have rice at home wichita state at home at temple home versus tulane yeah. you can rack up some wins yeah get some confidence back yeah no better chemistry for anything than winning mm-hmm. in a yeah. locker room. Change the dialogue. 
through these these microphones. <laughs> That's right. Well, I, Matt just texted in, and this is a really good point by Matt. He said their main leader got hurt a couple games ago, and that would be Caleb Mills. That is yeah. a good point. And he for sure was if, – if I had to name a leader in the clubhouse, of, of, and we didn't, we're in the locker room. That is he true. He is the leader. It was it was Caleb Mills. That, that is true. That's a great point. You, you can say all you want, get over it, find somebody else, but that that's that could take some time. Yeah. I will yield to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see what this week turns into. You know, Penny said today that um, you know they have been going hard. David Jones even said, you know, these have these have been hard practices to, uh, this week, and so we'll see if if that's actually the case, if that pays off, and if they can turn it around. And, and I I, un- I understand fandom, and I I know th- I know this kind of dialogue this template of you know the tigers could be 18 and one well they could be mm-hmm. I, you know the, the only time you know really splattered has been villanova yeah and that was three days three games villanova was playing three two but okay whatever but you really look at it honestly vcu had a layup at the buzzer mm-hmm. to win in regulation mm-hmm. a layup yeah or, or they win that and maybe this tipping point that we feel now might have tipped sooner. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a that's a that's a really really good point. And you know, that was a time where before that VCU game, we were talking about, oh, you really need to win this game against that, VCU. That was after Ole Miss. It was, and so uh, you know, there's been a lot of close games. I know. I think I saw uh, Kim Pomeroy, who you know does Kim Palm. Um, he wrote about it on his Substack. Brett, we were talking about Substack the other day, and then I saw Kim Palm has a Substack, and and he has... Who doesn't? Yeah, really. His uh, most recent one was about Memphis, and, and uh, kind of how the AP numbers are so much different from his numbers and, and you know, advanced an- analytical numbers, and, and was kind of pointing out to the fact of, you know, they've won a lot of games and, and obviously had that big win streak, but how did they win those games? And you go back all the way to VCU, and that was a close, uncomfortable game. And then you go to this stretch of games we've been talking about for a while of in conference play where they need Javon Quinterly to, to knock down two game winners to even get there. They got to come back and, and go to overtime with, with UTSA just to beat them at home. And now you have these two losses and a lot of those, uh, you know, weaknesses or, or issues in this team have been highlighted and, and we're talking about them, but that doesn't mean they haven't been there the whole time. And can the Tigers bounce back now after losing now two in a row, the second time this season they've lost back to back games? Can they bounce back and go, you know, maybe on another run that we saw earlier this season? And, and clearly, the best moments of the year have been beating the, the SEC teams. Mm-hmm. But, I, but right now, those teams are 12, 13, and 14. Yeah. In SEC net ranking, Mizzou one twenty six, Arkansas one twenty seven, Vanderbilt two thirty four. You you beat Wednesday night teams mm-hmm. at the SEC yeah. tournament and lost to a team. I, I, I'm going to say Ole Miss ends up maybe the ten seed mm-hmm. in the SEC. Yeah, it's beat A and M, and A and M has got a really good sure. net at yeah. thirty nine. Yeah, no, and beat them on the road. Yeah, and A and M was a really good beat win at the time, and I think A and M still holds as a as a good win. But you know, yeah, I mean, we looked at this schedule and said, oh man, look at all these SEC teams are playing. You're playing Michigan. You're playing all these great teams, and it just you know, hadn't played out. And that's not the that's not the Tigers' fault. I mean, they they can't control. It, it was still great scheduling. Yes. it just it ended up those teams aren't very good. And it was it was weird. I mean, I don't know, and I saw I forgot who I saw either wrote about this. 
um, or or talked about it. I can't remember who they were with, but I saw it somewhere, and they were talking about Memphis, and they said this has been such a weird season because you never, you never see see a team set up a very tough non-conference schedule, go out and play extremely well, dominate that non-conference schedule, and then start having a couple of issues and then turn around and and look up and say, well, that non-conference schedule that we had that was so tough, it's not tough anymore. It's, It's not helping us now when we really need it to help us because if those teams were still playing well and you're looking up and instead of, you know, I think the Tigers have one uh, quad one win right now. If they looked up and they had three or four quad one wins and, and now lost two, it still wouldn't be great. But we would not be having the conversation we're having right now of, well, this team is 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 on the bubble. This team is very close to the bubble because they would have those quad one wins to fall back on. And you could say, okay, bounce back, recover, and, and get the job done through the rest of conference play. Yeah, and, and the, the net is not the holy grail. No, it's not, not the end all be all but it is a a big metric and here's one indiana state right now is 24 let's say they finish 24 their seed's not going to translate to to that no 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 no. indiana state a a fun team and uh, certainly a a a tournament team but no they're not going to be you know a three or four seed you know they're they're going to be in the you know seven eight something like that but it's just it's 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 a weird season and and they really need this win on sunday against uav we will talk a lot of tiger basketball tomorrow at five o'clock with jason munns the commercial appeal beat writer covering all things tigers basketball and it's presented every friday afternoon at five by jim's place grill but you can go to jim's place grill right now open tv zone in the bar area in a fun atmosphere and everybody's just so glad to be out and and celebrating out of the out of the the snow and ice from last week we're going to survive the rain too and at jim's place we're going to have a good time over 100 years of charcoal grilled steaks over 100 years of celebrations family time and lasting fun memories the terrace family with their touch for our community with recipes that date back to the beginning in downtown to now in collierville at the railroad tracks at poplar and houston levy online at jimsplacegrill.com don't forget the e and grill every state grill perfectly over an open flame come to jim's place and see and taste and feel the difference lunch hours monday through friday 11 a.m to 2 p.m dinner hours monday through saturday 5 p.m to 9 30 p.m since 1921 a memphis landmark hard work values and a dedication to their beloved diners the terrace family they've created a member memorable dining experience the lunch menu the staples like the shrimp cocktail the crab cakes the souffle man those salad dressings all homemade and at dinner time the calamari the soups the seafood and the steaks that they are famous for ribeyes fillets and strips great bar area and a lot of fun all at jim's place grill in collierville well we need to get to a break our final break of the day when we come back we'll wrap up today's show with taco bell crunch time add a little fun to your lunch break join johnny radio for sports 56 happy hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on sports 56 and 98.5 fm Now, back to sports time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Good & Gene Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. This is pretty cool, and we're just getting started, so... 
This is for all the babies crunch time. You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, so good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned today, Nick Dunlap, the amateur that won the tournament last weekend, uh, he is officially turned pro. The heck was staying at the crow's nest. <laughs> I mean, why would you? But uh, Money talks. I guess Crow's so. nest walks. He, uh, he made that announcement this morning, only a couple of days after uh, being the first amateur since uh, Phil Mickelson. I saw it, $20 million. Wow, Could, with sponsorship That's and things incredible. like that, and I mean, I'm sure sponsors are gonna, you know, be coming running towards them. Hey, and I so, think staying up there where they am, staying in the crow's nest would be fun, but I'd rather have 20 million. <laughs> I in the mean, bank. look, that money talks. It and, does. Uh, I don't know what uh, what the uh, the best golfer is next swing his back could go out. Oh, absolutely, and you got to view it, and, and it's you know, it's. It's a difficult, you know, golf is difficult, especially to be in the PGA, to stay in the PGA. And, and so when you have that opportunity to be able to go pro, get your tour card, might as well take it. Yeah, and he, he did. And now he's on his way. We'll yeah. see. He, he will play in the Masters. It right. just won't be. I, I wonder how that will change. Will he play with John Rahm? That's a good question. Because that's, that's always designated for the... For an an amateur, yeah. not just amateur champion. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't either. But and and I can't blame Augusta. You know, if you want right. the amateur status, right. you and stay in the crow's nest. That's you need right. to be. You want to be treated like a pro? We'll treat you like <laughs> right. one. Yeah. Go rent your own house. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they Might can well. they can do that. Right. I, uh, what I learned is Arkansas is as bad right now mm. as I've ever seen them. And I, and I saw rock bottom in football against Mizzou, and I think I saw rock bottom clunker last night at Ole Miss. Uh, only only thing that can save them now in the sports year is Omahogs that can bail them out. Yeah. One in five now in SEC play with one lucky win this year in basketball. That the five losses an average of twenty points. Wow, that is. I mean, it's just been a really really bad season for them. And we'll talk more Razorbacks uh, with Ty Richardson tomorrow and and get his feel on how things are going. That just has not been fun. Uh, what I could have done without. We talked about this earlier, but uh, I want to go right back to it. Uh, Kayshawn Butte uh, allegedly, uh, well, he's been arrested today, but allegedly didn't want to hide much when he set up these uh, these gambling profiles, these on these sports books. Uh, according to the affidavit, um, he placed uh, nine, uh, 800 and, excuse me, 8,900 bets while underage, including some, um, this report is saying, including some on his LSU football team while he was there. He used accounts with the usernames Kayshawn Butte 7 and Kayshawn Butte 01 
I mean, you know, at that point, you're not hiding anything. I mean, you're just, you're, you're doing it, and you're a college kid. You probably weren't thinking, whatever. Um, but this is going to be a big story, and I'm sure we'll learn a, a lot more about what happened uh, and everything that went down. But Keishon Butte, kind of the uh, the big news today, uh, being arrested for uh, for illegal gambling. I could have done without last night another game that Derrick Rose is not going to play in. Selling 17 games played all year for Derrick Rose. I remember opening night sitting with someone at FedEx Forum, and I asked, I said, how many games do you think he plays in this year? And they said 60. I said, no way. They said, how many? I said, 29. Um, (sighs) I'm going to be close. You're going to be close. And how can you seriously think he can help you next year at now 46 years old, it feels like, and his knees are are wrecked? People need to quit thinking this is Derrick Rose 2008. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to get out of He's at the end. Yeah, and I know – Couple of my friends, uh, you know, were so excited to see him play, and I kind of like you were trying to tell him. I mean, you're not gonna see much. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's it's just the fact that he has been so injured, and, and his career has been riddled with injuries. Where are you beaming tonight? Beam me to SMU at North Texas wow, in the AAC. Great pick, Brett. Why, why not? Both yeah. are four and one in league play. SMU at 32 in the net. North Texas at 75. Tulane they lose last night to Texas San Antonio. This league, I think, is either a one-bid league mm-hmm. or a three-bid league. Yeah. yeah. That's a big game tonight. Uh, is almost a home game for both of them in the mm-hmm. same area. Uh, Beam me later tonight, 8 o'clock, San Francisco on the road against Gonzaga. This game will be played on ESPN2. Gonzaga with five losses already this season. There's not only talk about Gonzaga uh, having to win their conference to get into the tournament. There's real talk about them not even being able to win their conference um, and missing out on an NCAA tournament going up against a good San Francisco team who is 15-5 and on the season. Gonzaga, a big favorite, almost a 10-point favorite tonight, but that should be a really big game. A game that Gonzaga really needs to win at home tonight. I'm going to keep a close eye tonight with Denver at Madison Square Garden against the Knicks and also the Lakers, one under 500 in ninth place late at home in Los Angeles against the Bulls. Yeah, it's going to be some some good games tonight, college basketball. A lot of games, a lot of the more uh, mid-major teams in action tonight. 60 games, though. Pac-12 on Thursday night. You got Pac-12. The only problem is uh, Arizona-Oregon State tonight on uh, Pac-12 Network, which uh, nobody gets unless you're one of their big problems. Out there. Yeah, and that's the huge problem. Still counting down the days. I know, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of a, of a uh, league completely shutting down, but uh, if it can get me out out of having to, uh, you know, pay for Pac-12 Network or find ways to watch Pac-12 Network, I'm all in favor of it. But that's all the time we have today. Enjoy your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon.